planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung, and unfortunately Lowe's can't join us tonight, so we are joined by Dan on air. Uh, Super producer Dan is always here, but usually behind the scenes working his magic, but today he'll be uh, talking a little bit. How's it going tonight, Dan? It's uh, it's pretty good today. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't get to do that often, like maybe once or twice Yeah, season. feel free to, uh, you know, go crazy. Say some crazy, crazy. stuff. Crazy? Oh man, this is week sixteen. The 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 uh, the time that I thought Mike Kosicki would actually have a uh, a breakout game. And I predicted very this well last could. time I was on. Yeah, that's uh. Well, we'll we'll get to Kosicki, but uh, any uh any big holiday plans here? No. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was easy enough. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just doing the regular stuff. What about you? Gotcha. Yeah, just uh, hanging out with family and friends, and uh, you know, enjoying enjoying some time off. Uh, got to got to do some holiday shopping still, so that's the uh, oh, that's man, the last piece of the puzzle. You're waiting way too long to do that. I I am. Well, well, hopefully I'm uh, I'm gonna get some funds from a couple title runs, but we'll see. That's uh, that has yet that that remains to be seen. Right. Hopefully, hopefully you can give all our listeners the greatest gift of all. All of the uh, the best advice going into the championship week. Well, I don't know if they uh, necessarily want advice from me, a guy who started Michael Gallup, who had one catch for like four yards, I think, something like that, in a game where Dallas scored almost 50 points. <laughs> That's true. But, uh, you know, enough about that. Um, so the reason Los uh, is not here with us is because he is enjoying his time right now at the happiest place on earth, Disney World. And uh, I'm sure he's extra happy on this particular Monday night, enjoying the magic of Mickey and Minnie, but also enjoying the magical win over me in our fantasy semifinals uh, due to that last-second Julio touchdown. Were you were you watching that game? I was actually going to ask if he texted you at all during that. No, he was uh, he was very kind, very gentle. Um, didn't uh, didn't you know kick a guy when he's down? But was, uh, did he even notice? Because he mentioned last week that he wasn't going to watch. But right, I, I didn't I, believe him. No, I honestly think he was on some rides and you know doing Disney stuff. Not not that I would know because I've never actually been. But um, hey, man, some of those lines can be multiple hours long. You don't think he looked at his phone once? Well, that's why you got to get the uh, the flash pass, right, or whatever the equivalent is. There's, I'm sure there's uh, something. I mean, we can argue about this for a while, but even then, you still got to wait in a little bit of a right. Line. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, he did not text me. I don't know if he was actually watching. I'm sure he can weigh in next time we have him on. Uh, we are going to try and have a postseason show at some point. Kind of just go over some random stuff. More of a fun show, you know. At that point, uh, maybe some maybe some playoff predictions or playoff DFS stuff. But uh, yeah, that's, I don't know if Los is watching, but I was absolutely crushed by that Julio touchdown. It put him over our semifinal match, uh, lost me a couple other things, and really, uh, you know, Julio for that deserves the Gillette Close Shave of the week. But real quick before we get to that, I just wanted to share um, a story. And so Julio, of course, with 
those two touchdowns and that 130-something yards contributed to that brutal loss in the semifinals to Los, but uh, Julio giveth and Julio taketh away because two years ago, I actually had Julio in my lineup for the fantasy championship match, and that was his seven-catch, 149-yard performance against the Saints, and that performance actually won me a title, and uh, that year, his My Cause, My Cleats organization of choice was a charity called the International Justice Mission. Uh, they are a global organization that partners with different local partners and advocates around the world to try and help end modern-day slavery and human tra- trafficking. Excuse me. And uh, because Julio was pivotal to my title run and was the highest-scoring player in Week 16 for that title matchup, I decided to donate 10% of my winnings to the International Justice Mission. Uh, and since then, I've been doing the same thing in all my fantasy leagues, where if I win a title... Um, I will donate 10%. And for our listeners out there, if, if you play fantasy mostly for fun, uh, you know, not necessarily the money, and you can afford to spare some of your winnings, please consider uh, donating some of those winnings to charity. Um, I, I like to see which player scored the most fantasy points for me in week 16. And it's a fairly easy search on Google for that player's favorite charity. Um, however much you can contribute, I, I like to think of it as good Good karma for future fantasy endeavors, and since the fantasy championships uh, generally fall around Christmas and the holidays, it's a good way to get into the spirit as well. Uh, anyway, that's that's my little blurb. Uh, do with it what you will. But uh, now back to man. our regularly Julio, Julio scheduled Jones, programming. Man. He's a, a Christmas miracle every year. Doesn't do much during the regular season, but he's always giving to the yeah, fantasy playoffs. Yeah, he um, he is a. a <laughs> A fantasy miracle to some owners, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, not not so much on the other side, but uh, I, I don't blame Julio. He's just doing his job. If anything, uh, I blame a certain Mr. Matt Breida who lost two fumbles and kept Atlanta in that game. So I will uh, I will not hold a grudge against Julio, who has done quite well for me over the years. All the best to him. And uh, he does win our Gillette Close Shave of the Week. Um this week because the Falcons traveled west for a reunion with their former offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan and what a reunion it was. It was a close game throughout with both defenses making key stops and on offense George Kittle stepped up for the Niners and for the Falcons of course it was their superstar wide receiver Julio Jones. Both players logged the exact same number of catches and yards 13 receptions for 134 However, Julio also added the two touchdowns, uh, the latter coming on the most crucial drive of the game. Atlanta trailed San Francisco 17-22 with just one minute and 48 seconds remaining. And on this drive, Matt Ryan found Julio for three catches for 40 yards, including a five-yard catch made on the goal line that just barely broke the plane, resulting in the game-winning score for Atlanta. Get your close shave like Julio Jones with Gillette. There's a best for every man. Get $3 off of your first order when you create an account using the code WELCOME3. And try Gillette's new heated razor, providing comfort with every stroke. Do you want me to go? Yeah, yeah. So we can, uh, you know. Do we'll you want just, me to introduce uh, these? I'll do that. I don't, I don't know if you actually listen uh, every week, but uh, Los usually will introduce the game. We'll talk a little bit back and forth, some, uh, you know, some good stuff here and there, and then... Uh, you know, you can chime in whatever you want. Uh, Los did text me his picks, so we know what those are. And uh, if you'd like to, 
you know, see what uh, what your pick for the game is too. I'm sure our listeners would appreciate that. I mean, you listened to when I did this with Los. It was good because he introduced everything last time. Which oh, is I just kind of okay. went with it, but I'll, I'll do it. No, no, no. I, you know if, what? No, if I'm, that's what you prefer. I'm the third string podcaster. I just need to. Be, <laughs> I need to fill in the role that I'm needed for. Gotcha. So gotcha. we have uh, Sat- or Saturday. Really, it's Saturday. Yeah, we've got some Saturday games that's this weekend. Right. So uh, you know, don't don't make any plans with your loved ones or friends. Uh, you know, it's it's an extra I, day. I completely forgot about that. I'm glad that I'm a part of this podcast. Are there some plans you need to <laughs> uh, text and cancel right now? Uh, I'm I'm actually seeing Star Wars when this first game is airing. Oh, I will be seeing it after the last Saturday game. Well. I'll spoil everything for you. <laughs> I, I sure hope not. Um, but, all right, uh, all right. Saturday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, we have Houston at Tampa Bay. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is the highest scoring game projected by Vegas with a combined 52 points expected. Uh, Watson has been great. He's a top three fantasy quarterback for me this week in what should be a pretty great matchup. The Tampa Bay secondary has been pretty bad. Um, the running backs, Carlos Hyde has quietly had a pretty good year, but, uh, you know, week to week, he's been pretty in- inconsistent, still remains just a touchdown dependent flex option. Um, Hopkins, of course, are starting as a top five wide receiver. Will Fuller is going to be that boomer bust flex option for you. And then Kenny Stills, uh, just three catches, but, uh, two touchdowns against the Titans. So he remains a boomer bust wide receiver for you. Really counting on those scores here. And then if you're de- desperate, you got Darren Fells, but we've got a lot of tight end options on the waiver wire that we'll talk about. So he's not uh, not on that high end tight end to radar by any means. I mean, I don't have much w- uh, uh, to add to this. Let's just go on to the next one. Okay. Yeah. On the uh, on the t- oh man, on the Tampa side here, just so many injuries for them. Evans, Godwin, and Scotty Miller all likely out with hamstring injuries. I don't know what's in the water there, but they got to change something. Uh, Winston, I've tentatively got still as a top five or so uh, quarterback this week. Uh, I've got him in that mid-range QB1 area just because of how how many points are expected to be scored in this game. Um, Of course, we know that he has the thumb fracture on his throwing hands, so certainly risk-reward, but he looked fine against Detroit, and Houston's, uh, Houston's defense has been very much attackable as well, so... Winston remains in that mid-range QB1 area. Uh, Peyton Barber, uh, probably the best of the running back options, but still just a touchdown-dependent RB4 here. And then really, Brashad Perriman's an interesting option. Uh, I know some teams uh, in the playoffs started him in place of Mike Evans this past weekend. It certainly more than worked out. Uh, Got that three-touchdown day. He remains a very high upside wide receiver three here. And then with Scotty Miller likely out again, uh, re-aggravating that hamstring injury that he that kept him out for a few games, uh, Justin Watson becomes a boomer bust wide receiver four option. Uh, but the most intriguing here is O.J. Howard, who has kind of been left for dead this season. Uh, he was hyped coming into the season with the Arians, uh, with uh, excuse me, not uh, Bruce Willis. I don't know why that came up, but Jameis Winston. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jameis Winston was supposed to be, uh, you know, really elevating OJ Howard in the Bruce Arian system. But now, again, uh, you know, this week he has league winning potential. He saw a season high eight targets this past week against the Lions, and he could see 10 plus uh, against Houston with all. All the wide receiver injuries for the Buccaneers here. Uh, I've got Howard as a high-end tight end, too, with potential to be, you know, the top fantasy tight end this week. This is, uh, again, this is one of the highest-scoring games expected. It's a close call. 
I could see it going either way, uh, but with Evans and Godwin out, I'm going to lean the Houston side. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure I'm as high on Perriman as you are, uh, only because I feel like uh, when, when some of these players kind of come in and step up for someone who's been missing, uh, they usually do great their first game because there isn't really, like, the, the teams aren't really preparing for them. Now, like, they know Perriman's going to be there. They have the tape on him. I'm not sure if, I, if I'm comfortable playing him unless, I, unless I'm desperate. Right, and you definitely have a point there. Uh, you know, teams can now game plan a little bit for him. But uh, for me, it's really the volume of targets. They just have no one else with, you know, all three of these guys out. It's really just Perriman, O.J. Howard, and Justin Watson. Uh, I mean, maybe Cameron Brake gets a little action, but uh, I think even if... You know, Perriman, quote unquote, stone hands uh, Perriman here. Uh, even if he drops some, even if he gets extra coverage, uh, he's probably going to get 10 to 15 targets here. I mean, I could see that, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a risky move, especially in the championship. Yeah, but I mean, if you lost Evans and you lost Godwin, I don't know how many options you have out there who are going to have better upside than Perriman, right? Man, if you had a team that had Evans and Godwin on it this year. Well, I mean, either or, right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying. Well, actually, that would probably be infuriating because you're probably choosing between them week to week depending on you know who else you drafted. That's fair. And you probably picked wrong every other week. All um, right. I, I'm, I'm going to take Houston too, even though I, I agree with you. I can see Tampa Bay really winning this game. Uh, but I don't know. Houston, I think, is just a better team. Uh, they have been more consistent even though they had a couple weird losses, like I'm going with them. Yep. And, uh, you know, like I said, both have been inconsistent for me. It's just the wide receiver injuries for Tampa Bay that I think will be a little bit difficult to overcome here. And, uh, for the record, Los does also take Houston. I hate when we all agree. Well, uh, we'll see how much it happens this week. Uh, next game we have Saturday, the afternoon game. Uh, 3.30 Central, 4.30 Eastern. It's Buffalo at New England. This this should be a good one. Right, and really this should be the exact opposite of the matchup that we just previewed because it figures to be a low-scoring game here. Uh, I've got Josh Allen. It's just a mid-range QB2. The Patriots have been good about limiting his rushing when they face him, and uh, really that generates a lot of his fantasy production, so just not a whole lot of upside here. Uh, Singletary, I've got is a high-end RB3, low-end RB2. We saw Joe Mixon have some success running the ball, and I think it's going to be a pretty run-heavy approach for both of these offenses here. And then John Brown, I've got just as a low-end flex. He's going to see a lot of Stephon Gilmore, a lot of, a lot of J.C. Jones. Just that secondary is very difficult to attack, as we saw with Andy Dalton's four-interception day. Yeah, I have nothing else, nothing here. Yep. Just keep okay. going. Just roll. I'll, I'll stop you if I need to say something. Okay. Yeah, that works for me. This uh, certainly not not a whole lot to add. Not, not a whole lot changed for Buffalo with that uh, win over Pittsburgh, which was expected. Um, on the New England side here, uh, as I said, uh, likewise, I think their offense is going to struggle a little bit as they have all season, really. Even against Cincinnati, uh, they got off to a pretty slow start here. Uh, Brady, I would avoid as nothing as nothing more than just a low end QB two for fantasy. Uh, I like James White as a high-end RB3. He could see a lot of short passes here if they can't get this offense going, but this Buffalo defense has been stifling, so I don't expect a whole lot on the ground or through the air for him. And uh, for the same reason, I have Sony Michelle as just a touchdown-dependent RB4. And Julian Edelman has been playing through knee and shoulder injuries. Uh, he was active against Cincinnati, but really didn't do a whole lot. 
And I'm not expecting a ton from Edelman here either against this tough Bills secondary. Just a mid-range wide receiver three or flex play. I've got him barely ranked against John Brown on the other side of this matchup. I could really see this being a 16 to 13 type of game uh, with you know, the score on either side. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if the Bills steal one in Gillette, uh, but it, it's hard to bet against the Patriots at Gillette. I did uh, bet on them. I, I bet on Kansas City um, a couple weeks ago, uh, even at Gillette, but I will not take the Bills here. I'm still going to take New England. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a real low scoring game. I actually think this is a great opportunity, once again, for James White to just get a ton of dump-off PPR points. And I, I don't know if that's what you are alluding when you say high-end RB3, but you know he's been very consistent. And you know this before because I, I own him in our Dynasty League and I have had him for a while. Uh, he, his floor is pretty high, almost or at least very consistent every week. Uh, and I just don't see that changing here. I can see them... Just he just getting a ton of dump offs and then, you know, racking up those like little tiny like chunks, like one point five points like per play that he's there and then you know, all of a sudden you're at fifteen points. Yeah, definitely. And for reference, uh, you know, the the first time these two teams met, uh, there were, were quite a few dump offs to White. He had eight catches for fifty seven yards. Uh, the only reason I have him a bit lower in the projections is because Burkhead is back and he's been working in a little bit. So I think he kind of takes the luster off of both White and Michelle a little bit as, you know, kind of that uh, that third guy who isn't really stand or excuse me who doesn't really have standalone uh, fantasy value but kind of just detracts from the others. I disagree with you on Burkhead. Brady trusts White and Edelman as his only two consistent pass catchers on that team. I don't think mm. Burkhead's going to hurt White that much. Yeah, but I mean he'll take a, a couple catches here and there, right? Sure. And if you're relying on that flex floor uh, that's why he's a rb3 uh, not an rb2 but still uh, you know right on that border fine whatever i disagree i think, <laughs> I think burkhead is not going to be much of a factor at all okay we, we i mean you can play side bet with me if you'd like you do these with los all the time sure on on what i'm not sure uh do you want to do it on the lack of impact burkhead would have or that white performs at more of i, I guess a higher than uh running back three value it's your choice i'll let you pick um i will say okay yeah i'll i'll just say that james white will finish outside of the top 24 ppr running backs fine okay i also think burkhead's gonna be a non-factor yeah i mean i wouldn't start burkhead in fantasy for sure well, okay no fair I, I i don't think he has more than like a couple catches right i'm just saying he takes those away right that's like four or five I points. Suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, you're taking New England here? Yes. Gotcha. Uh, Los also does, so sweep that one. Um, the next game here? Uh, the next one is Saturday night, 7-15 Central, 8-15 Eastern. The LA Rams at the San Francisco's. Indeed. The San Francisco's <laughs> who just got, uh, you know, uh, that tough, tough loss. Uh, actually, both of these teams had pretty tough losses, but... Uh, Really, the Rams' defense got stomped by the Cowboys. Uh, they could be in for another long day. Um, that said, the 49ers' defense is hurt and struggling too, so I don't hate Goff here. I've got him as a mid-range QB2 in fantasy with a little bit of upside. 
This offense is still going to likely run through Gurley, though. He remains in that back-end RB1 range with his workload going back to where it was earlier last year and two years ago. Uh, it's hard to trust the wide receivers. Uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup I have both as high-end wide receiver threes. Josh Reynolds and Brandon Cooks, just wide receiver fives. And assuming uh, Gerald Everett is out again, I've got Tyler Higby as a tight end one, mid-range tight end one. He has been the number one uh, tight end in fantasy over Kittle, over over Kelsey, over all these guys over the last three weeks with Everett out. And I expect that target volume to continue. He's kind of taken a lot of those short and intermediate routes uh, away from Cooper Cup. And then finally, the Niners, uh, you know, are tough against the tight end, but Higby has a decent PPR floor with that volume. And let's not forget that Austin Hooper nearly had that touchdown against the Niners this past week. That was barely called back as incomplete because the ball sort of uh, hit the ground there. Have the Rams been ruled out of the playoffs yet? Uh, you know, I'm not positive, but I don't believe so. Okay. I think they're still alive, but All right. no, don't, I, don't quote me on that. That's fair. I mean, I was going to say like they might. I don't know, take their foot off the gas, but I guess they're playing San Francisco, so they might want to play spoiler too. Right. I don't think they would uh, give up a divisional one either way, uh, but the, the NFC is definitely very, uh, very confusing. A lot, of, a lot of teams kind of fighting in the middle of the pack here right now. Uh, and then on the San Francisco side here, uh, you know, this is a crucial game for them because the loss to Atlanta drops them out of that top seed in the NFC. Um, those injuries on the offensive line and on defense are really starting to pile up. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been trustworthy in fantasy, and I would keep him in that same mid-QB2 range as Goff. Uh, certainly not a must-start. Mostert remains the lead back for now, and I've got him as a low-end RB2 here. And Matt Breda could be in the doghouse after those two fumbles against Atlanta, basically costing San Francisco the game and potentially a first-round playoff bye. I would avoid Breda here. Uh, I've got Coleman as just a touchdown-dependent RB4 if he gets a little bit more usage as a result of that demotion. And I don't expect Jalen Ramsey to shadow anyone per se. So kind of a crapshoot here with Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders. I would have Debo as a low-end flex uh, and Samuel a high-end wide receiver four. And of course, you're starting George Kittle. San Francisco is faltering a little bit here, uh, but the Rams just got blown out by Dallas of all teams, so I'm still going to go with San Francisco at home. I have a feeling San Francisco is going to draft a quarterback in the upcoming draft. I'm sorry, a running back. They have to. Right. Uh, McKinnon is probably gone due to his price tag. Right. And then... um, yeah, I don't know that they'll draft anyone high, but uh, they could oh, definitely yeah, no, add no, no. to that they're, committee. They, they're going to draft somebody. I, I can see it. I, I guess this is irrelevant to fantasy, but like, you know, maybe use like a third or a fourth round pick on one of those mid-tier guys just to see. The only reason I would think maybe not is because I do believe, uh, again, I haven't checked too much on Dynasty stuff yet, but I, I think Coleman, Breda, and Mostert are all under contract next year. So oh, I don't okay. know if they would necessarily want to... That's fair. Uh, put a pick, but again, uh, uh, it's very possible they could take somebody in the fourth, fifth, uh, you know, a day two, day three pick to add right. to that depth. So definitely something to monitor if you're in dynasty or keeper leagues. I'm going to take San Francisco here too. Yeah, yet, uh, yet another sweep. Um, Los does as well. Okay, the next game, we're moving on to Sunday. Sunday noon, Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, we have Jacksonville at Atlanta. 
yeah, this will be an exciting game. Uh, not really. Uh, the Jaguars. I don't know, maybe it'll be another, you know, last minute or last second double touchdown fiasco. <laughs> Could be. Uh, Jacksonville did pull off the last minute upset uh, against Oakland. So, um, other than that, though, they're kind of falling apart here at the seams. Uh, you know, still managed to pull the rug out from Raiders fans, handed them a loss in their, their last game at the Coliseum. But with Atlanta's defense playing really well post their bye, uh, it's really just Leonard Fournette as a high-end RB2. He's got a safe PPR volume as a receiver, but the touchdown upside isn't very high with the Jaguars' offense struggling as a whole. And then all three of D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley, and Keelan Cole are just wide receiver five lotto tickets here. I'd avoid all of them unless you're really desperate. DJ Shark's probably out again with that high ankle sprain. We saw that it took Saquon Barkley even, you know, four weeks to come back. And even then he didn't look terribly effective. So I would not expect Shark to play this week. And one of those three wide receivers or two of them might score touchdowns, but it, it's really a hope and a prayer at this point. I miss when the country fell in love with Garner Minshew. Can we go back to that? I, Minshew the, mania. Well, the luster, <laughs> the luster's worn off a little bit, but he's still probably a pretty, you know, middle of the road quarterback as a rookie. So I think the the tools are there for him to develop into uh, an above average starter in the league. I just enjoyed the memes. Yeah, and <laughs> the mustache. Um, and on the other side here, Atlanta's favored at home uh, with, uh, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars sporting just a terrible, terrible rush defense. I expect a big day for Devontae Freeman here. I've got him as a low-end RB1. Uh, if you're desperate, I've got Quadri Allison as a desperation RB5 if you think he vultures another short goal line touchdown. Of course, you're starting Julio after that huge, huge game, and Russell Gage is in play as well as a flex or an R- a wide receiver four with Ridley out. And Austin Hooper has a tough matchup again, but remains in that mid-end tight end one range given his target volume and involvement in the offense as a whole. And of course, Matt Ryan as the center of all these pieces should be fine as a mid to low end QB1 with some upside here. I'm going to stick with the home favorites. Uh, Give me the Falcons. Man, I always go home too when it comes to these games that I don't want to pick. So I'll go with the Falcons, but I hate picking the same thing as I don't think this one's going to be very close though i would take atlanta even if they're on the road here at jacksonville oh i know i just i they're just two sort of disappointing teams and i just don't want to pick up winner like i wouldn't pick this game and a pick them mm, i think i, I don't would think i would really i would I, i've atlanta's really bounced back since they're by their defense is really you know really rebounded what three four weeks ago we were talking about dan quinn on the hot seat right but now maybe he's back in atlanta i guess yeah maybe I don't know, Lowe's, what did Lowe's take? Oh, uh, Atlanta. He took Lowe's Atlanta took too. the Falcons as well. All right, next game, another noon game. Uh, Baltimore at Cleveland, the unfortunate Cleveland football team. Right, and how did this team just, how did Baltimore get shellacked by Cleveland back in week four? It's crazy how, you know, how long the season is week to week. So much changes. Uh, Baltimore now, of course, Super Bowl favorites, and I would expect them to just roll over Cleveland here. Of course, you're starting Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Uh, I've got Ingram as a high-end RB2, Marquise Brown, a boomer bust wide receiver four. Just expect plenty of points on the Baltimore side. The only problem for fantasy is that it might be spread out against, or excuse me, again, uh, among three or four different receivers on the Ravens side. So hard to predict, hard to start any of those other guys and really rely on them. Kenyon Drake had four touchdowns against this team. And you think that that Ingram is only going to be an RB two? 
I said high end RB two. I don't know. He might be the highest scoring running back this week. There are there are a lot of good running backs this week. All right. I don't know. And and I do think that now that they've pretty much locked off that first round or locked up, excuse me, that first round playoff by we, we might see some Gus Edwards in the second half if this one gets out of hand. Yeah, that's fair. Um, of course, you're you're not benching these guys, you know, with that expectation because if they're up that many, those many points in the second half, then Ingram and Lamar Jackson already had huge days in the yeah, first they, half. He's probably already going to have close to 100 right. yards. Right. I, I never got down. I never got that argument that uh, you know these guys might get pulled, so you don't you don't want to start them. If they got pulled, they they already scored a ton of points, right? <laughs> I agree. Um, on the other side, though, certainly don't love Baker Mayfield. Uh, got got him as just a back end QB two here. In fact, I'm considering benching him in a super flex league uh, and starting Brashad Perriman. So, depending on if I make it to week 16 in that uh, in that league, I, I do need Jack Doyle to not have a monster night tonight. Uh, Nick Chubb, uh, he keeps losing that receiving work and a few goal line touches here and there to Kareem Hunt. I've still got Chubb as a mid range RB two in this tough matchup. Uh, but Hunt remains a PPR flex as well, giving his usage, given his usage as a pass catcher. Jarvis Landry I'd like as a low-end wide receiver too, who could even see some garbage time if the Browns are down a lot late in this game. And Odell Beckham was fine against Arizona, but still doesn't look 100% healthy. Mayfield's missing him on some throws here and there. I'd really fade Beckham as just a very risky flex play. He hasn't really blown up all year and you certainly wouldn't expect a big day here against Baltimore and finally I'm not exactly sure why David Njoku was a surprise and active due to coach's decision against Arizona but none of the Cleveland tight ends are reliable in this matchup with all of them splitting time right now how can you you could argue that um, there are many other um, coaches decisions that have been made about this team that are a little bit questionable (laughs) <laughs> right think and, about it and even the the rumors on twitter coming out today that um you know jarvis landry wants out odell beckham wants out a lot of guys want other teams to trade for them i feel like odell beckham made it known weeks ago that he wanted out right but i, I don't know that this is a beckham issue i think this is a cleveland issue oh, no, if, no, no, if no, a it lot is, of but players... i think beckham actually did say weeks ago he wanted out Right. I do think he did that, you know, neither confirm nor deny a thing, but, you know, somebody leaked that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and how do you bet against Baltimore right now? You don't. Right. Uh, we will all take Baltimore. Is that even a question? No, not not at this point. All right, the next game we have watch, is... But watch Cleveland oh, sweep this series just because nobody expects it. <laughs> and, and you know how many... So if Cleveland is to sweep, that means that Lamar Jackson has to have a bad game. and uh, No, not I, necessarily. Well, it, it, that's fair, but I, I, I'm guessing because he, how many, he's been like averaging four touchdowns a game. Right. If, you, if you're starting him in fantasy and he gets swept and you're in the fantasy championship, that's going to lose so many championships. I, I guarantee you, you're, if you have Lamar Jackson, you're probably there. Right. And, and the, other, the other thing to keep in mind uh, with this game, just as a backup plan, um, is if Buffalo does beat New England on Saturday, then Baltimore could rest its starters because it basically locks up the number one seed in the AFC if Buffalo defeats New England. Oh man, you're putting a lot of pressure on people. Just, uh, yeah, just Pay something attention. to keep in mind. I, I, I think Harbaugh would play his guys anyway, at least for the first half. But just, you know, it could definitely limit some upside in fantasy. But again, 
uh, that would need to happen on Saturday first. So just keep an eye on that if, if you're starting Lamar Jackson and Ingram and all those guys. All right, let's move on to the next game. Uh, New Orleans at Tennessee. Right, and the Titans' defense isn't really that scary. Breeze and Kamara, I like as low in QB1, low in running back one, and of course you're starting Michael Thomas. How could you not? Uh, I like Jared Cook as a decent low end tight end one option as well. Uh, outside of that, maybe uh, Ted Ginn or Tricon Smith get another touchdown here, but uh, you, you can't really rely on starting these guys. That's about all I got for uh, New Orleans. And yeah. then on defense, uh, you know the only the only question here is that the Saints defense is really banged up right now. We're not seeing it yet. With uh, the Colts haven't really taken advantage. We're in the second quarter and they haven't scored yet, but. Uh, New Orleans is missing two of their top run stuffers on the defensive line as well as other players. Um, they're missing some talent on their offensive line as well. So uh, certainly not scared for Ryan Tannehill here. I still have him that mid-range QB1 uh, ranking until we see him disappoint. Uh, you know, the regression will come at some point, but uh, you gotta you got to stay with the hot streak while it lasts. Uh, Derrick Henry I like as a mid-range RB1 here. Uh, he did struggle to produce against Houston, but... It didn't look like the hamstring was really bothering him. It looked like Houston just really uh, decided to focus on him, taking him away on defense and forcing Tannehill to beat them. And then A.J. Brown, so hot right now. He's a boomer bust wide receiver too, and, but I can't I can't see you know benching him. There's, there's very few wide receiver options that I would bench A.J. Brown for at this point. Um, and that's about it. Uh, you know, I talked about in my flex rankings article last week that Janu Smith was a, a nice, uh, you know, DFS option kind of under the radar with Houston struggling, uh, against tight ends. Uh, he had a pretty big week, but this week still just a risk reward tight end too here. There's probably better options on the waiver wire. And with all the saints injuries, it, you know, it would not shock me if Derrick Henry had a big day, uh, leading them to a close victory with maybe like 150 ru- rushing yards, something like that. But, um, you know, we see that New Orleans has really stiffened tonight despite the injuries against the Colts. So uh, as of right now, I'm still going to take the Saints here. Were you trying to say earlier that you think that the hot streak on Tannehill is, is more of a fluke than than talent? I wouldn't say fluke necessarily. I think uh, they're playing to his strengths with a lot of play action passing and certainly A.J. Brown's getting a ton of yards after the catch. Um, so he's been hyper efficient on those passes, and I would not expect all these touchdowns and, and deep passes to you know get completed at this high of a rate. But he is playing very well, and I would expect Tennessee to re-sign him for 2020 and beyond. I, I mean, the, the only reason I bring this up is because I saw—I can't remember if it was on Twitter or Reddit earlier today—someone uh, making the argument that um, this this Tannehill resurgence was an Adam Gase problem and not a Ryan Tannehill problem. And if you look at two other players that were ousted from Miami, all of a sudden are playing well on other teams with Devontae, or I guess Adam Gase leaves and Devontae right. Parker does well. Mm-hmm. And then Kenyon Drake leaves and has, you know, he's strung together like probably three or four good games. Yep. And I think Gase and then is wait, definitely. Wait. Look at Le'Veon Bell. Because he has had a pretty disappointing season under Adam Gase. Yeah, and I think Gase is definitely a factor there. Um, there's definitely merit to that argument. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, he's, a, he's a good quarterback. He's an above-average guy. Uh, kind of like I, I think Minshew could develop into what Tannehill is now, right? 
um, because Minshew also has some of that mobility. Uh, Tannehill, a lot of people don't know that Tannehill was a wide receiver in college, so he really doesn't have that much quarterback experience uh, until he got into the league. Um, but he's developed nicely. I, I think it's just that he's not going to keep completing all these deep touchdowns to A.J. Brown, right? Yeah, at some point, Brown's going to drop one or uh, Brown's going to get tackled on the one-yard line, stuff like that. Uh, so, I, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Brown's pretty good. I think he's he was going to the season vastly underrated. Yeah, and I think just you know, in terms of pure efficiency, though, they've been completing nearly all of their deep passes, and that just can't continue. It's kind of like what happened with uh, you know Nick Foles in Philadelphia a few years back, right? Um, he had a few that should have been interceptions, but uh, the receiver somehow caught it. And and I think that's the case with Tannehill, where he's still going to be in that low end QB one, high end QB two range for next year, but probably not going to keep up this you know top three fantasy quarterback streak here. I hate that you brought up Nick Foles there. Because when we started up that dynasty league with you, I picked Nick Foles after that year over Russell Wilson (laughs) because I thought it was going to continue with the team that had that up tempo offense, and I that was my biggest regret of that draft. (laughs) You you know, I digress. I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll we'll try not to get too off track here. But the funny thing about Russell Wilson is he's a he's an amazing you know top talent quarterback in the league. But fantasy why he's he's so inconsistent because Seattle insists on pounding the ball with the running back so much. So the the volume really limits Wilson in fantasy at times. I, I, I understand that, but I mean, seriously, Nick Foles or, or Russell Wilson, who would you pick? Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that just explains no, everything. No, I'm not disagreeing. I, I'm sure plenty of us made some. Uh, odd choices looking back now as that was our first year in dynasty right all right i'm gonna take new orleans here as well all right sweep it ah all right next one uh carolina at indianapolis yeah and uh we're gonna finally get a look at will greer and that should scare christian mccaffrey owners a little bit that should scare dj moore owners a little bit um, McCaffrey's pretty insulated. Uh, the Panthers offense should continue going through him and he's, he's still a safe running back one. You're certainly not benching Christian McCaffrey. Let, let's not be ridiculous here, but the only thing is we just don't know how Greer's going to look. We don't know how, you know, how much he's going to check it down to McCaffrey. Uh, it's just a little bit concerning going into the championship uh, week just because you don't know, uh, we haven't really seen anything out of Greer at the professional level. Um, and then the same goes for DJ Moore, right? Like you're not necessarily benching him, but I've got him downgraded to a low end wide receiver too here. I'd still start him depending on your options. It just kind of depends on, uh, you know, whether Greer's going to attack downfield, how accurate he's going to be on some of these short and intermediate throws, what kind of chemistry he has with these receivers. Um, really, Curtis Samuel is uh, the potentially the biggest beneficiary if Greer can actually get the ball to him downfield, unlike Kyle Allen, who's missed. Curtis Samuel a ton on on those deep passes when Samuel's been open, so he he's a risky uh, wide receiver four start, but quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of upside against this Colts defense, which we've seen uh, not do too much tonight. And then Greg Olson uh, finally should be back from his concussion protocol. He already passed it today, so barring a setback, he'll be back. And Olson uh, will be a high end tight end two in PPR who could see a decent number of targets if the rookie quarterback needs a safety blanket over the middle here. I like to think that this uh, Carolina interim head coach, whoever it is, because I don't even really know, is in the fantasy playoffs himself. And his opponent this week has uh, all these Carolina players. 
and he just decides to start his rookie uh, quarterback to try and, uh, you know, so he can win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, I mean, I get, I get they want to take a look at him, but it really sucks that if you have, like, McCaffrey and you're going into the championship, you have such a huge, like, cloud looming over your head. Right, like, you know, you feel it in your stomach, but again, uh, you know, we're, we're not saying by any means that you're benching Christian McCaffrey. Right, you know, you have to play him, but, like, his, his ceiling is probably reduced. I mean, there is the upside that he could check it down a ton to That's McCaffrey. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, um, I'll be playing PPR with him, right? Uh, so you know, who knows? Um, certainly, uh, we'll, we'll find out. Um, on the Colts side, what's what's there not to like? Uh, I've got Brissett as a high QB two in a great matchup against this poor Carolina defense. Uh, I like Marlon Mack as a mid to high end RB two who should get a ton of work against the poor run defense as well. Uh, we'll see how T.Y. Hilton looks tonight. Uh, or is he active tonight? I can't, I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really been paying attention to this game. The only thing I'm paying attention to is they keep showing on screen how Drew Brees is going to break that touchdown record. Well, uh, I mean, he is active, but uh, he has zero catches on two targets. So that's why I wasn't sure if he yeah. was active. <laughs> Um, so unfortunately for Hilton owners, it looks like a, one of the, another one of these situations, like when he tried to come back against Houston where he's active, but can you really rely on him? Um, we'll see if he can get something going in the second half tonight, but assuming that we don't see a whole lot out of Hilton, he's just going to be a, a flex option, right? Uh, you can't really trust him. Uh, I, I like Zach Pascal against Carolina. I think he'll be a decent PPR wide receiver three, uh, regardless of Hilton's status. Uh, if Hilton, for some reason, suffers another setback, then Pascal will get a ton of target volume. And if Hilton does play, he would draw some attention and maybe free up Pascal a little bit. Jack Doyle here uh, could be risky too if Hilton's going to take away some targets. But as of yet, so we were just not seeing much out of Hilton. So I'm not too worried about that. I still like him as a low-end tight end one, high-end tight end two. Although it is worth noting that Carolina's linebackers are much better than their cornerbacks at limiting catches and yards after the catch. So wouldn't expect a ton out of Doyle here. And then if you're desperate, uh, if Hilton isn't looking very effective, Marcus Johnson uh, could still get open deep here, but he's more of a GPP play in DFS, uh, more so than a reliable starter for your redraft championships here. I have little to no faith on Will Greer in his first ever NFL start, so I'm going to bet on the Colts here. I'm going to take the Colts too, but not because of Will Greer, because they have a good coach and they have a good offensive line, and that's what it takes to win in the NFL. Uh, you're you're not wrong. Especially uh, Los, against a bad team. Yeah, and uh, Los will take the Colts as well. Right. Uh, is there have we disagreed on any of these yet? I don't think no, so. No, right? unfortunately we have not. I think I think we'll get there. I might there. just do it. I did that last time. I did this with Lowe's. I just changed mine on a whim. Yes. Yeah, sadly I'm quite a few behind him in our uh, in our pickums for the year. I believe I'm nine or ten games behind him, but uh I, I think it's a little too late to catch up now this last week. You know what? I'm just scrolling down the matchups. I see a few uh, the next one games actually. coming up. I think the next one Lowe's and I definitely disagree on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one is Cincinnati at Miami. Right. The, uh, you know, some some of us, sadly, are in the redraft toilet bowl uh, championships, and so, uh, the same goes for Cincinnati and Miami. Um, really, they're they're kind of fighting for Joe Burrow right now, I guess. Um, this uh, is a game where somebody has to win. 
This is the point I made well, before. Well, not necessarily because they could tie. How can in oh, overtime? God. Okay, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say uh, you so, can't both lose. <laughs> uh, so we don't know that. Um, uh, but I, I do think that Andy Dalton's gonna find some success here. I, I like him quite a bit in fantasy as a high end QB two. Uh, Miami has allowed the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks this year. Uh, likewise, I like Joe Mixon. As a low-end RB1 here, uh, with the Dolphins giving up the seventh most pan, uh, excuse me, fantasy points to uh, running backs here. I almost combined those two words and said the seventh most pants. Um, but Cincinnati is running a lot. Uh, they're using Mixon as a receiver now. They've kind of phased out Gio Bernard a little bit, so this should be a great matchup for him. And likewise for Tyler Boyd as well. I've got him as a high-end wide receiver three with upside. Uh, the Dolphins are giving up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers, and he's their top target by far. Uh, just really start everybody on the Bengals this week. Uh, it's looking like a great matchup for them. The Dolphins' defense can't really stop anybody, um, and that includes John Ross, right? I've got him as a wide receiver five with touchdown upside. Miami's given up big plays. And if you're desperate, Tyler, I forgot quite a few targets uh, against New England. Um, there are probably better plays out there at tight end, but if you're in deeper leagues, Eifert's viable. Uh, really, I think the moral of the story here is the Dolphins' defense is hashtag not good. Yeah, I don't have anything to add there. All right. Uh, on the other side here, Cincinnati's defense is also hashtag not that good. Um, they've been giving up quite a little, quite a bit. Um, they've been better against the pass than the run, though, so... Uh, Fitzpatrick, still a high-end QB2 streamer here, but I do have him just behind Dalton in my rankings and just outside of the waiver wire pickups that we'll recommend. Uh, Patrick Laird has been uh, getting the bulk of the workload with Balaj out. He's a decent flex play, uh, maybe gets a touchdown in this one as well. Devontae Parker, of course, you're starting as a wide receiver one with huge upside given his enormous target share every week now. Uh, they just signed him to that big contract extension, so certainly he's proving his worth. And then Albert Wilson seems to be the number two wide receiver in targets. He's got some upside as well on PPR as a wide receiver four. And as you said weeks ago, Dan, uh, Mike Gesicki seems to be getting involved as well. And uh, Cincinnati is defending the tight end pretty well, though, so just a mid-range tight end too, but certainly with upside. This is a game that, uh, you know, uh, as we say, could go either way. Uh, could even end up in a tie, uh, but I do think that Dalton will turn it over less than Fitzpatrick here, and that'll be the key to the game. So give me the Bengals on the road. This is what I think. I think Joe Mixon is going to show up in his freshly opened, signed Tom Brady jersey, <laughs> and he's going to run for 250 yards and eight touchdowns in a Cincinnati win. I take Cincinnati. Yeah, may, <laughs> maybe maybe with the, with the new autographed jersey, maybe Mixon will uh, attempt a pass on a trick play too. Who knows? He's going to wear it under his Bengals jersey that's, in the game. That's not impossible. <laughs> um, so Los will actually be uh, the, the lone dis, uh, dis, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Dis, dissident? The wrong person. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, he has a, di, yeah, dis, a the, the dissenting voice, The dissenting right? opinion. Yeah, yeah. As if, a, if as, this as were the, the, the Supreme have. Court, right? That's I think that's what I was thinking of. Um, there so is a, there is a noun for it. I can't remember. Well, we'll You're go with me that. Remember we things won't. From uh, 10 years ago. We won't get too scholarly in a in a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, so we have finally we have something, some disagreements here. We Let's do. Let's go on to the next game. Uh, Pittsburgh at the New York Jets. 
I don't think there's going to be too much disagreement here. Uh, at least uh, I don't think so. Um, Connor, uh, I, I like a lot. So of course, I benched him in a league because of the quote-unquote splits between him and Snell and Samuels, but he was just fine. Got the receiving touchdown as well. I like him as a high-end RB3 here. Uh, we'll see if Juju Smith-Schuster can come back. Uh, he re-aggravated that MCL sprain in practice last week, so he was expected to come back against Buffalo, but got ruled out again as of right now. I'm treating him more on the doubtful side of questionable. Uh, usually when you re-aggravate an injury, uh, it can take just as long as uh, the original injury to heal. So uh, I would not or I would not be relying on Juju here. And as such, uh, I like Deontay Johnson and James Washington. They both have some upside here against a bad Jets secondary that's given up a lot of big plays here. They're top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Uh, I prefer Washington of the two. I've got him as a high-end wide receiver four, and then Johnson a high-end wide receiver five. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, the Jets side here. Uh, the Steelers are playing well on defense. Le'Veon Bell, uh, this is a revenge game for him of sorts, but I, I don't know how much revenge will be had here. I've got him as just a high-end RB3 based on workload and volume. You're basically hoping for a touchdown. And then Robbie Anderson, uh, just a low and flex. Crowder, a wide receiver four. Maybe Crowder gets some garbage time again like he did against Baltimore, but uh, that's hard to rely on. And really, that's about it. Uh, I, would not, I would not rely on Darnold here. And with Ryan Griffin on IR, I wouldn't bother starting any of the other Jets tight ends. Both of these offenses are struggling, but uh, the Steelers' defense is much better than the Jets' defense. So I'm going to take the Steelers in a close game. I'm going with the Steelers, too, based on my Adam Gase opinions from earlier. I just don't think he's going to win. I also think Bell's not going to... I don't even know if Bell... I, don't, I wouldn't play Bell. I just... I don't think this revenge game is going to be a revenge game. He's certainly not a must-start. Yeah. It just depends on your options, I think. That's fair. Well, I'm, well would I mean, you go you, Bell you, or Connor? Oof. I, I think I might go Connor. I just trust in the team more. They're going to they're gonna probably have the ball more. Yeah, I think I think I would lean Connor slightly, but it, it's pretty close. I've agree. got them both in that high-end RB3 range, uh, along with James White. Cool. Let's go on to the next game. Uh, the New York Giants at the Washington... I can't say their name because it's not okay to say That's that fine. I, I generally say Washington. Uh, I don't know if that's a conscious decision on my part, but uh, I certainly have no problem with people not saying it. <laughs> um, Eli Manning, uh, you know, that was, it was kind of emotional. Is, seeing he, is that, Eli uh, starting? Uh, that's how I'm treating it as of right now, but certainly Daniel Jones could return from that high ankle sprain this week. Uh, we know that quarterbacks don't necessarily need uh, as long with that injury, but I, I do think that Eli is going to get another start here because Jones does rely on his mobility. So he's not like a, you know, Matt Ryan had a high ankle sprain, right? But he doesn't really run much, uh, whereas Jones does. So I, I think the Giants would be smart to treat their rookie potential franchise quarterback of the future with caution here. Um, so I am projecting this game as if uh, Manning were to start for, for the time being. Of course, if that changes, then you know, we'll change our projections later in the week. But as of right now, it's hard to trust these wide receivers, but it seems like Sterling Shepard is the favorite once again. Uh, really dwarfed all the other guys in terms of targets this past game. I like Shepard the best of the options as a mid-range wide receiver three. Slayton gets a bump up if Daniel Jones were to return, but he did okay, even with Eli Manning at the helm. So 
I like him as a wide receiver four regardless. And then Golden Tate has that big play upside as we saw against Philadelphia, but just one catch for the long touchdown on just four targets, so very far from reliable. He's a boomer bust wide receiver five. And at this point, I'm expecting Ingram to remain out unless we really hear some positive news. Uh, he's been supposedly trending up for a few weeks now, uh, but we have yet to really see him suit up. So I guess if he's active, Ingram would be a low-end tight end one. It's just hard to trust him after missing so much time. And, you know, we don't know how effective he could be or he could even be on a snap count, even if he's back active, kind of like what, what seems to be happening with T.Y. Hilton tonight. Um, and then, of course, Saquon Barkley had that big, big game against Miami this past week, showing that RB1 upside in fantasy uh, certainly can't bench Barkley now that he's healthy. You'd have some, or excuse me, you'd have to have some really good options to be benching Barkley. And at that point, I think you would have the championship locked up. Um, why did you, you seem to have soured on Slayton a little bit? Because he had that, it was, was it last year or last week or a couple weeks ago that I think it was last yeah, week. Yeah, it was two weeks. No, um, it was last week when we were, it was Monday night game when we were recording. You're just like, I think I'm going to start Slayton. I think I'm going to start Slayton. And then you didn't start Slayton. And now you think he's going to do better if Daniel Jones plays. Right. Because um, Jones, uh, Eli found him on those long touchdowns two games ago against, I, I believe it was Philadelphia. Um, but I think that was more so because the, the Eagles secondary just left him wide open. Um, we saw that. Manning didn't really target Slayton downfield as much this past game against Washington. Uh, so for me, it seems like he's going back into that check down mode a little bit uh, with Sterling Shepard. So I, he is the preferred option. Shepard, that is. Okay, I, I'll, I'll I'll accept that answer. Yeah, and also I think because part of it too is because uh, Slayton and Jones had that chemistry from being on the second team together, right? Because Slayton was not a starter at the at the beginning of the year. Right. No, I, I get that. I guess I was I was just sort of seeing the inconsistency, and obviously your opinion had changed over the course of the week. Right. And so I was last week I was really high on Slayton because Manning was willing to target him downfield. Um, but it, like I said, I think that was more product of how bad the the Eagles secondary was. That's fair. Um, although the Miami secondary isn't that much better, so I don't know. I, don't, I guess they just covered Slayton better. So I guess the Eagles have the worst secondary in the league, yeah, even even worse <laughs> than Miami's. I guess is what I'm saying here. Oh, God. Really? Uh, potentially. They they're they're really bad. I mean. Like, I never, you know, I didn't really put thought to it because they're a team that isn't necessarily a losing team right now because they're exactly 500, but... They're not technically a losing team, but they're not a winning team. No, I, 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 I notice how I chose my words very carefully. Yes, I, I did. I did. <laughs> All right, move on. Move on. Okay. Um, not not much to say about Washington. It's really just Adrian Peterson as a low end RB two. Terry McLaurin is a high end wide receiver three. Both the get both of these guys playing very well right now. Um, and just a little bit limited by Haskins, who's still uh, learning the ropes here. Uh, so they're keeping this a pretty run heavy offense. But Peterson's getting involved as a pass catcher as well, so that's keeping him uh, with a pretty safe floor in PPR. So, like I said, it's Peterson and McLaurin here, and I do think that Washington's going to pound the ball with Peterson, uh, force Eli Manning into some interceptions. This is uh, another game that Los and I disagree on here. I could see this going either way, uh, but I am going to lean Washington because they're at home. And Los is going to take the Giants, so you are the tiebreaker here, Dan. I'm actually going to take the Giants for the Eli narrative. If he plays, he's going to want to be above 500 overall. 
Well, sure, he's going to want to be. <laughs> I think he's going to try to make it happen. Redskins are not a scary team. Nope, certainly not, but they have been hanging in there in the last few weeks. Uh, I understand Even that. upsetting some games here, so I... Yeah, this is. I could see this going either way, but again, I'm trying to catch up on Los here as well, so that may be part of the motivation, um, but I am going to stick with Washington. I also feel like Eli has that, you know, that... Uh, this is his Super Bowl. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, I mean, uh, he's the Jeff Fisher of of quarterbacks right now, right? <laughs> I've never heard that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, because cause he had the, right? If you think about it, he had those two Super Bowls where he upset the Patriots. Oh, yeah. No, he totally um, did. And Jeff Fisher was terrible on the Rams, but he would somehow upset Seattle even when they were a really good team. Uh, in those like crazy yeah. games, right, where he pulled out the fake punts and the and the crazy the crazy plays. So I don't wow, know the Jeff. That's that's a great comparison. I <laughs> so plus dumb. plus the whole five hundred <laughs> record thing, right? Yeah. yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, the next game we're now moving on to the Sunday afternoon games. First one up is uh, Detroit at Denver. Yeah, I uh, would not start a single Detroit Lion this week. Um, David Blau couldn't even get it going against a, a pretty bad Buccaneers secondary, so I don't expect them to have much success on offense against Denver. Uh, I think there's going to be heavy coverage on Galladay, whether it's a shadow by Harris or double coverage, just making Galladay a high and wide receiver for basically you need him to score a touchdown to, to be worthwhile to start in fantasy. Um, Danny Amendola had a lot of garbage time PPR points against Tampa Bay, including a huge 56-yard catch. Uh, I actually started him in some DraftKings lineups this past week, but I do not expect big catches like that again for him against the Broncos. And then Bo Scarl could be back from his rib injury, and maybe Carrion Johnson could be back from IR, so don't bother adding Wes Hills despite that two-touchdown day against the Buccaneers. Uh, chalk that up to a Jonas Gray kind of fluke. Uh, I would avoid all the Detroit running backs here. Uh, Ty Johnson's probably still going to be involved. J.D. McKissick. We have no idea how these touches in the backfield are going to shake out. So let's uh, leave it to leave it to someone else. Um, as I said, I, I'm really avoiding everyone on Denver. Uh, the only guy I would maybe start is Galladay, but you'd have to be pretty desperate at wide receiver. Uh, I'd much prefer if you could add even a Brashad Perriman, somebody like that, over Galladay this week. Yeah, I don't have anything to add except how hot do you think that uh, coaching seat is right now? Can you can you grill some burgers on that? I think he'll get a pass because Stafford's been hurt. Oh, I think that's fair. I think that's the factor yeah. that we have to kind of keep in keep in mind is because that's his built-in you know buffer, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, it's hard to it. You got to manage expectations when you're trotting out David Blau. Yeah, that's fair. Because <laughs> um, even yeah, it, but. The, I mean, I, I don't want to get too political here, but this is a team that probably could have signed Colin Kaepernick, and he's definitely better than David Blau. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen at this uh, point. I don't think it's going to happen to any team, but it's just like, I don't know. I, I it, Are you trying to win or are you not trying to win? Yeah, um, but so uh, that's... I think Kaepernick lets you win. I think I think he's a... he's a meh, What's the word I'm looking for? A... Uh, who? Oh, Patricia? No, 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 no. Kaepernick. Well, uh, an, an incremental upgrade. Uh, I don't think that's the word exactly, but I think for the upgrade that he provides, teams don't want to deal with the media and all that stuff. That's and, fair. I mean, but he's got to be better than a third string quarterback at this point. 
Oh yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. Um whatever. Let's move on. We yep. don't need to talk about him. Yep, and uh it's hard to trust any of the Denver running backs after that fiasco against Kansas City. Uh, I benched uh James Conner in a league for Philip Lindsay and that's going to cost me. Uh, I thought the snow game would be the perfect game script for them, but uh, neither Freeman nor Lindsay delivered. Uh, I guess Lindsay's still a touchdown-dependent flex option and Freeman uh, running back four, but just, ugh, yeah, I, I would not want to be relying on either of those guys. Really, it's going to be Cortland Sutton here as a high-end wide receiver three with upside, and then Fant as a boomer bust tight end two. He's not getting a ton of target volume, and he's playing through some injuries, but Fant is probably the biggest... Uh, playmaker on that uh, on that receiving core uh, behind Cortland Sutton and then Tim Patrick got some garbage time production against the Chiefs but I would not expect uh, Denver to need garbage time here I am expecting them to keep things close and even have the lead and maybe win at home and I am going to project Denver to win at home I'm going to take that too this is I feel like this is one of those like like 10 to 14 kind of games you know, where not too much happens on offense. No, I, I, honestly, I think this is another blowout. I think Detroit's you, really bad right now. Um, their defense is bad, and their offense can't keep up. So I could see this being like a thirty so to ten kind of game. This is going to be a Drew Lock four touchdown kind of game. <laughs> yes, but I would not. Oh, man, like I feel may, like if you think the the, the points are going to be that high, then then either Font or Sutton has to be higher than what you know. Only him at. only because I could see like a weird two touchdown game for like Royce Freeman's like okay, just stuff you can't bank on. Right. I guess I, so what you think Philip Lindsay is going to have the game that you expected him to have last week. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think, and you know, I, I still prefer Lindsay over Freeman. I just, who knows at this point though, you're, you're kind of flipping a coin here, right? That's fair. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't mean to point out what I feel is an inconsistency in your rankings. I just, needed to say that yeah or you know like i just think like it's gonna be like that weird when they get to the goal lines can be an end around with Deshaun hamilton or you know something crazy like that or like uh maybe you know what some kind of uh some defensive touchdowns too That's, right? actually i could see at least one like a pick six or a von miller sack yeah. bumble kind of thing um whatever i'm taking denver like i think it's that's a given yep all right so does los los yep oh, another sweep Ooh, this next one. This one could go either way. This one will Oakland be a very at, quick analysis. <laughs> are, are they are they LA? Are they San Diego? Or do we even care? It's the <laughs> it's the Las Vegas Raiders against the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's go with that. Because they're done at the Coliseum, right? That was their last yeah, that game. That was their last one. So and maybe we'll just officially you know, I'm just gonna start practicing now. The the Las Vegas Raiders. At, I got really uh, confused. I was looking at a chart. That, this is a little bit off topic. Mm-hmm. I was looking at a, a chart of all of the um, draft picks for next year. Yep. And how uh, I kept seeing LV on the chart. I'm like, what is this? And then I, it, it it hit me. Yeah. How are they going to get abbreviated? Is it going to be LVR or just I, LV? I saw LV. Yeah, but this, I mean, this chart is unofficial. It's just like someone mm-hmm. put a chart together for where the picks are yeah. currently. Somebody at ESPN or the NFL Network is going to have to make a very important call there. Yeah. But, LV, LVR, that, yeah, that'd be weird. Right, because it's it's yeah. JAX, right? Yeah. It's not, you know, I don't know. But what do they do for the uh, their? Uh, this is still off topic. Their hockey team. Hmm. You know, that's yeah. a, that's that's a really good question. Um, for uh, we'll someone else who yeah, is we'll, a bigger hockey fan than yeah, I am. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I I know they have a team that's really good. Let me Google it right now. 
Really uh, we're we're making waste. we're making good time without Los here. That's fair. God, so. he wastes so much time. <laughs> it is well. This doesn't help me. Oh, it's oh okay. So it's Vegas Golden Knights. So yeah. it's VGK. Oh yeah, that's. But it's yeah. just the Raiders, so I don't know that they can do that. Yeah. So it's probably going to be LVR. That would yeah, be my probably. guess. Um, but yeah, okay. Speaking of the Raiders, uh, Josh Jacobs, his shoulder is healthy. He's a low on RB2. Darren Waller is getting 50 million targets. He's a mid-range tight end one. And uh, that's all I have to say. Nothing to say about their quarterback? Nope. The nothing. new Andy Dalton? Nope. The, the, the mascara the wearing Andy Dalton. Does he hat. actually wear mascara? I don't know. He certainly just, looks like he does. Uh, you know, uh, Rachel asked me that this past week. Actually, it's always bothering and me. And I, I just said, yes, I think so. I, what else would it be? Uh, I guess he's, maybe it goes with the uniform. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, if it does, it doesn't really help him in terms of quarterbacking. You know, so. I feel like we've talked about the Raiders now that we talked, the same amount that we've talked about all the other teams, for the exception that one sentence was actually about fantasy relevance. <laughs> that sounds that else. sounds about right. Yeah. So really nothing has changed from right. Oakland to Las Vegas. Um yeah, let's move on to the Chargers here. Yes. Uh, I like Philip Rivers a lot, despite that turd of a game against Minnesota. Um I've got Rivers as a risky but high upside uh back end QB one in fantasy. Uh, I think this is a beautiful matchup for them. Uh it was a rough game for both of the running backs against the Vikings, but both of these guys are catching passes and both of these guys are getting carries, so I think both have pretty safe floors in PPR formats. Um, I prefer Melvin Gordon as a low-end RB1 here uh, with what I'm expecting to be a great game script, assuming that the Chargers are going to lead most of the way in this game. Uh, I like Eckler as a boomer bust RB2 if he can break a big play for a touchdown. And then uh, Keenan Allen should have a field day against this Raiders secondary. I've got him as a mid-range wide receiver one. Mike Williams, uh, who I hated for so long, I'm coming around on a little bit just because Rivers seems to finally be getting him more involved. Uh, so he's a boomer bust wide receiver three. And the sad reality is now that Williams is getting more involved, Hunter Henry's usage has really dropped a little bit here. Um, I've got Henry as just a low end tight end one. Uh, he just doesn't seem to be getting many targets now that Williams is more involved. And then that's that's all I got. Give me the Chargers at home. I'm going to take the Chargers on the road. Uh, what? You heard me. <laughs> Chargers on the road. They don't have home games. Oh, well, you know what? Yeah, that's true. It's probably going to be a lot of Raiders fans there. You're not wrong. It was. I heard a lot of Vikings chants during during the last game. Yeah, they it's don't, been they that don't all have season. Fans. They don't yeah. have fans in that city. They should, they should honestly, they should move to uh, St. Louis. There are people <laughs> there that are pretty pissed they don't have a football team. Uh... Yeah, I just, it's just I don't know that it's gonna happen. No, it won't. Of the, but the I'm market, just saying what they but, should do. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad because the there's so many diehard fans in San Diego, and re- really, this is a sad team to follow just because they, I don't know, they're like, it's almost like they're supposed to be good, but they're bad. At least if you're like a you know a Browns fan or whatever, like you're used to the the mediocrity, right? I don't know. Last year they were good and still didn't have any fans. <sighs> yeah, it just I don't know. <laughs> I I'm. I think we we're talking too much about the Chargers. We're, we're all we're all taking the Chargers on. at home though. Yes. Well, I'm taking them on the road. Right, right. <laughs> all right, the next game, uh Dallas at Philadelphia. Yeah, well, uh, I guess somebody's got to win the NFC East. Uh 
Well, yeah, Gallup had that one catch for six yards in a game where the Cowboys scored 44 points. That's all I'm going to say about that. We are on to week 16. Mari Cooper should be a solid wide receiver one against this fiasco of a Philly secondary. Gallup, I guess I still have him as a boomer bust wide receiver three, but we've seen that he can be very bust, so the floor is very low here. Despite the down day against the Rams, um, you know, I, I think Gallup you can still go back to here. Jason Wooden, he's a touchdown-dependent tight end, too, uh, with better options out there this week on the waiver wire at tight end. And uh, we'll see about Dak Prescott. I still have him as a low-end QB1 here with upside against this Eagle secondary. We'll see how much that index finger fracture is bothering him. Uh, it didn't seem to really uh, you know, mess him up too much against the Rams, but uh, Ezekiel Elliott hand- handled excuse me, the bulk of the, uh, the shellacking there. And, of course, you are starting Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Tony Pollard, he continues to show RB1 upside as a handcuff, but that's all he is right now, just a handcuff. He's not a reliable starter in fantasy as long as Zeke is healthy. On the Eagles side here, uh, Greg Ward Jr. seems to have stepped in as the top wide receiver with Alshon Jeffrey out. Uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is seemingly developing slowly here. They're not really using him a ton. He's just a wide receiver four. Uh, excuse me, Ward is just a wide receiver four, but still has decent PPR upside uh, if he keeps seeing this kind of target volume as the top guy. Ertz, of course, a top five tight end here, and Goddard, a high-end tight end two, maybe even a tight end one, given their lack of receivers really funneling these targets to the tight end position. And then Miles Sanders I've got as a mid-range RB2 with upside as long as he keeps wearing that visor. And if you're desperate, uh, Boston Scott, he's getting a lot of usage as a receiver uh, due to Philadelphia's injuries at wide receiver. Um, if Jordan Howard's out again, I don't hate Boston Scott as a running back four in PPR and worth a look in uh, you know deeper formats, maybe 12, 14 team leagues. I I don't know how to pick this game. Uh, you know, Philadelphia barely beat Washington, while Dallas really put a beat down on the Rams. So I guess I will go with the Cowboys here. I think you just have to go with home team, but I really hate picking divisional equal teams. All the teams in this division seem equal, I guess maybe except the Giants. Yeah, for me, it's it's weird. For me, the current tiebreaker right now is how badly Dallas beat uh, the Rams. So I'm going to take that into account. I'm only doing it because of the home team, to be honest. All right, well, then you are going to be uh, against Los and me on this one. So uh, we will both take Dallas, and you will take Philly. Reluctantly. Yep, fly, Eagles, fly. All right, the next game we have Arizona at Seattle. Yeah, another one of those weird divisional games. Uh, Kyler Murray has not been great in fantasy or real life uh, since Arizona's bye, uh, but he was good in real life uh, this past week. Uh, It's just that Kenyon Drake stole all the touchdowns, um, four touchdowns, in fact. And, uh, you know, against Seattle here, I do think that Murray's rushing will keep him in play as a high-end QB2, but he's certainly a risk-reward option. Drake is a boomer bust running back three or flex, depending on... If Murray keeps the ball near the goal line, um, Drake had that huge, huge day against Cleveland. But then the last two games before that, he had just uh, 70 yards rushing combined. So certainly a bit boomer bust here. Um, I do think they're going to need to pass regardless, though. So I think Drake will have a decent floor in PPR formats, as does both Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. I've got them as flex options who should get some touchdown regression here. Seattle's defense isn't very scary, and it would be unlikely for Drake to rush for four touchdowns again, uh, but I probably just jinxed that by saying it. 
Um, and also the lone passing touchdown uh, against Cleveland did go to Dan Arnold, the tight end, and that's probably not likely to continue. Uh, I would expect Kirk uh, out of all these pass catchers if I had to pick one to get the touchdown here. I feel like it's impossible to expect a running back to have back-to-back four touchdown games unless you're like one of the elites, right? which Drake is not. Yeah, and I would hope that maybe he gets a call from Jonas Gray to plug in his phone. Uh, I was thinking that too, but I don't think this is a this is not the no, same situation. No, this is Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, this isn't <laughs> this isn't Belichick who doesn't Cliff, care. Cliff Kingsbury is probably going to send them a meme like, "Where are you?" Yeah, and yeah, I, I just yeah, it's so sad. Did you read that story? There was like an article on ESPN. I recently did, about I it. did, and he he's still hoping to get back in the league. I I wish him the best. I just I don't see it happening because it, it is called the not for long league right. for a reason. Um, man, that's depressing. Uh, let's let's man, move on. Yeah, ended up in a downer. Yeah, yeah, four touchdowns, but Jonas Gray. <laughs> <laughs> well, for what it's worth, the article did mention that Gray's living a fine life without football. He just would prefer to get back to football. So, anyway, uh, Russell Wilson. <laughs> uh, he's got a great matchup here against Arizona's secondary. The only thing keeping him in that low-end QB1 range, uh, I mentioned it earlier on the show, is if Seattle decides to just run, run, and run some more with Chris Carson, who is, again, a mid-range RB1 this week. Uh, love Carson here in this matchup. Um the volume concerns uh, hold as well for Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, although both of these guys scored touchdowns and played well against Carolina. Uh, if you uh, own Tyler Lockett, it's certainly reassuring to see him more involved and looking good and healthy again. Uh, as of now, I've got Lockett as a high-end wide receiver three, Metcalf a low-end flex. And finally, Jacob Hollister has big upside as well. Uh, we all know at this point in the season that Arizona's tight end defense is basically non-existent. Uh, I've got Hollister as a high-end tight end two option here. Uh, in that first matchup against these two teams, Will Disley did very well um, in week four despite a run-heavy game plan. So I do think there's still upside here for Hollister, even if he gets just six or seven targets. And then finally, not really re- relevant for redraft here, but Josh Gordon has once again been suspended for substance abuse. Uh, maybe David Moore is worth picking up in deeper leagues or in Dynasty, but really uh, I hope you weren't starting uh, Josh Gordon anyway, outside of very deep leagues. I think that might hurt more fantasy-wise, now that you're starting Gordon, but the fact that in his limited usage, they seem to have all been like third-down conversions. Uh, so that sort of affects everybody else on the team. Uh, it hurts the team overall, but... I mean, I think he's done. I think he's done forever at this point. Yeah, and the only reason I don't think it hurts Seattle's offense that much is I view Gordon and David Moore as similar players. They're those big-bodied... I, uh, I just I, If they believed in David Moore, they wouldn't have claimed Josh Gordon. Yeah, I agree. I just don't think that Gordon was what he was back then anyway. No, no, but he's... The, I guess the point I'm making is he's re- he was reliable on third down for them. Which extended, you know, drives. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is 2019 Josh Gordon wasn't a huge upgrade over 2019 David Moore. So I don't see this affecting Wilson much. Okay. I, I mean, I... Okay. Um, the only note on defense is uh, Bobby Wagner had a bad-looking uh, ankle sprain or high ankle. I don't know what exactly it was, but it, it was reported earlier today that he is expected to be fine and playing this week. Um, so I, I'm going to go Seattle here. I will agree with you. Los does as well. Okay. Uh, Sunday night, 
Kansas City at Chicago. This is going to be a cold one, I believe. Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty cold. Um, not, not a whole lot to say here fantasy-wise. Uh, Kansas City's getting hot at the right moment. Uh, Mahomes I've got as a top three quarterback. Hill a top five wide receiver. Kelsey a top three tight end. Not a whole lot to add for them. Uh, we'll see if Damian Williams can come back this week from that rib injury. But even if he does, this is a potential like four-headed backfield with unpredictable touches. I would avoid all these guys. Darwin Thompson seems to be getting a little bit more run, but Spencer Ware still getting a, a ton of usage on passing downs as a blocker and a receiver. So really all these guys, their upside is capped. Um, McCoy's getting a few good runs in here and there, but not enough work to be consistent. I really just avoid all the all these guys. I mean, who knows who's going to get that one rushing touchdown. Um, and even that's in doubt with Akeem Hicks back. Uh, that, that does stiffen up the run defense a little bit for Chicago. And then finally, just worth mentioning, Miko Hardman, boomer bust wide receiver five, as we all know, just needs that one long touchdown a game to get you that 12, 13 points, depending on your options. Yeah, I just want to add to what you're saying about Akeem Hicks being back. Also take note that in the last game, uh, he kept coming out of the game because his arm was hurt. Um, so he didn't even play that entire game against Green Bay. So don't take the fact that uh, that Jones had two touchdowns as being uh, Akeem Hicks is back, but their uh, rushing defense isn't better. I expect him to heal up a little bit more this week. And, and if he plays the whole game, I don't know if the, any of the running backs on this team are worth playing. Right, and I don't know that he'll play the whole game, but I am expecting his snaps to trend up a little bit. Right. Uh, Nagy did say that they're not going to bench anyone just because they're mathematically eliminated, uh, excuse me, eliminated uh, from the playoffs. So they're not, they're not benching starters. Um, yeah, and on the Chicago side here, uh, the Chiefs' secondary and pass rush have really come on. Uh, it's probably best to fade Trubisky as just a mid-range QB2. Uh, basically, if you start him, you're hoping he gets some rushing yards, maybe a rushing touchdown. Um, but losing Alex Okafor on the defensive line does hurt the Chiefs. Uh, he has uh, been officially diagnosed with a torn pec, so that does hurt their defense and pass rush. Um, and, but the Chiefs got gashed uh, by the run earlier in the year, but have shored up their run defense. Excuse me, their run defense a little bit here. Um, and assuming that Chicago is going to trail in this game, there may not be too many carries for David Montgomery in the second half. Just a touchdown dependent running back four for me. I think Cohen is the better play in PPR formats, assuming that, uh, you know, Cohen's going to get a lot of targets again behind Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller here. I've got him as a decent flex play. And I like Miller as a wide receiver three, although if Taylor Gabriel comes back this week from his concussion, that could take away targets from both Cohen and Miller. Uh, lowering their upside a little bit. Allen Robinson I still like as a low-end wide receiver too, given his high target volume. Uh, even though the Chiefs secondary has been a tough matchup, I think he'll see near double-digit targets and still keep him in play as a wide receiver too here. Kansas City is giving up a lot of production to tight ends as well, but Chicago is still using that committee with Horstead and Holtz, and that just limits both of their production here. Neither guy is worth starting for fantasy. I think this will be closer than some people think, but I am still taking the Chiefs. Do you really think that uh, Taylor Gabriel is going to play this game? Um, I just, I really don't know at this point. It, I, you know, he had the two concussions this year. I was going to say, this is his second concussion. I, I don't, I, I think Chicago's happy with how Anthony Miller's playing. I actually think he's a better wide receiver too, opposite of Allen Robinson than uh, Taylor Gabriel at yeah, this point. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I, there's no reason to rush him back. 
because two concussions and, and actually this is a bad uh, show for Los to not be in because he knows about these things more than we do. Uh, but the second concussion, like if you have two in a year, don't they have to be super, super careful about easing these guys back in? Mm-hmm, definitely. We, uh, we saw that with Sterling Shepard right. and Brandon Cooks. Um, I just say that because I, I did see a report that he was feeling better last week and he has been out three weeks. So it's possible that he could return. That's fair. I, I, I don't know. Even if he's better, I don't know if they even play him. I think it's it's kind of like that uh, the like, Burkhead I mean, situation we talked about earlier, right? I, I think guess. he just limits more targets for Cohen and Miller because he'll take away. You like, know what? I think he hurts four. Cohen more than he hurts Miller. Yeah, probably. Well, no, I would say he hurts Miller more because Gabriel will be used more so downfield. I would think. I don't know. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Either way, this could he could be out again. So right. Who knows? I guess this is a it's a moot point almost at this like. I mean, if you're in the championship, uh, do you really think you're going to be debating over Miller or Taylor Gabriel? <laughs> well, you might be debating over Miller, you know. That's fair. Like I, somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Um, like like uh, Miller or Zach Pascal, right? Yeah, that's fair. Something like that. I don't know. Um, who? I don't think Pascal's done a whole lot tonight either. <laughs> so we'll see. But I am taking Kansas City here as is Los. I reluctantly am going to take Kansas City, even though I, th- I I agree with you. I think this is going to be a much closer game than people expect. Sounds good. All right. Um, last game. Oh, yeah. Monday night. Uh, Green Bay at Minnesota. Yikes. Yep. Um, not, not a whole lot to say about Green Bay. Uh, there's been no consistency for their pass catchers outside of Devontae Adams. He's had a massive 30% plus target share since he's come back from his toe injury. Uh, Adams is a mid-range wide receiver one, and Aaron Jones is a boomer bust RB2. And really, that's those are the only two uh, Packers I would want to have in my starting lineup for the fantasy championship. It's hard to trust Rodgers here as more than just a QB2 in this matchup, and as we said, uh, none of the wide receivers or Graham have stepped up. Yeah, I think uh, Green Bay's record is pretty inflated. Uh, they are much closer, I think, in terms of talent to Minnesota than than the record shows. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I think Green Bay's none of their wins have really been, you know, big statement wins. They've beat up on some bad teams. Um, I think this will be a close quarters. matchup. So what's that? They've had statement quarters, and then like. The rest right. of the game, they just, they, they, I don't know, they fell asleep. Right, like they've beaten up on Oakland, but then they got crushed against San Francisco. So I, I think I think San Francisco and New Orleans are in a tier of their own in the NFC. Um, below them, I would put Seattle, and then they're kind of in their own mini tier where they're inconsistent, uh, and they could play really great or very mediocre. And then I think the rest, right, Green Bay, Minnesota, Dallas, those guys are all kind of, uh, if they get hot in one game, uh, they'll be tough to stop. And other than that, uh, I don't know that they're true contenders. Right. All right. Um, on the Vikings side, uh, you know, as we said, we're not really trusting either of these teams. I don't really trust Cousins in fantasy. is more than just a QB2 like Rodgers. Uh, there's a lot to unpack about the running back situation, though. Uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, that's shoulder injury yet again. But uh, important to note, it is not the same shoulder that he sprained two weeks ago. So I guess he just has two bad shoulders. Um, if you have Dalvin Cook and you're in the finals or the third place game, hopefully you already have Alexander Madison. But Madison was out this past week with an ankle injury. He's questionable as well this week. If Madison and Cook were to both miss, uh, Mike Boone would be a back-end RB1 in this matchup. 
However, uh, the early report is that Cook is expected to be active, and we saw that after his shoulder aggravation two weeks ago, he still managed to play the following game. Uh, and then we really don't know how much work he would have gotten in total because that game was a blowout, and so he got pulled in the second half. But I guess what I'm saying is if you have to start Dalvin Cook and he's active, I guess you got to start him, but it would be terrifying to rely on him. He could re-injure that shoulder at any point in the game, and this is the Monday night game, so you'd have to kind of hope for the best uh, because at that point, uh, if you didn't own Boone or Madison, you'd be out of luck. Uh, if you're relying on Cook. So this is a situation to definitely monitor closely all week. Um, Sorry, we can't help you out more. It's really just going to be up to whether or not he's going to play and how much. Uh, At wide receiver, there hasn't been a ton of consistency either, but uh, it is worth noting that it was a blowout against the Chargers, so the Vikings didn't really need to throw much in the second half of that game. I've got Adam Thielen as a mid-range wide receiver two, Diggs a high-end boomer bust wide receiver three, and Kyle Rudolph, just an iffy tight end, too, with Thielen uh, back taking the targets away. Uh, but Rudolph does have touchdown upside, with Green Bay having allowed quite a few scores to opposing tight ends this season. Uh, as we said again, this is another close divisional matchup, and as such, I'm going to lean with the home team, Minnesota. I'm going with Minnesota, too, uh, mostly because the Bears almost won that game. Uh, outside of uh, a, a pitch that could have gone to Allen Robinson at the end for him to punch it in and touch on at the end, along with a completely botched call by the refs that resulted in a touchdown, I, I think Minnesota has this game. They're at home. Yeah, Green, Green Bay just hasn't looked super impressive at, at any point during the season. Again, the, a blowout win against the Raiders doesn't really count. <laughs> they were up 21-3, to and they almost lost. Yeah. Like, against the... I mean, the Bears are... They're a good middling team in terms of talent, but they're not better than Green Bay right now. Yeah, and I think this will be a close matchup. Um, yeah, uh, I think Los is taking Minnesota here as well. There are no teams on by. No, indeed, there are <laughs> not. Um, let's go through the injuries. We've got the quarterbacks up first, Daniel Jones with the high ankle sprain. It's going to depend on how quickly it heals. Um, really, uh, with the Giants not playing for much at this point, it would be unwise of them to needlessly risk a potential franchise quarterback of the future. Uh, plus, Jones does rely on his mobility, so it would limit him more than other quarterbacks. But they have stated that Jones will start again if healthy, so monitor his practice status this week. And, of course, Matthew Stafford with the, stein, the spine fracture. Excuse me. Uh, we really just don't know. He's been out for weeks, and they're... Hasn't been any indication that he's going to play again this season. Uh, if you're in the championship game, you probably have better options at quarterback anyway. Uh, kicking off running backs, we have Dolphin Cook. Uh, it's another shoulder injury for him, uh, though surprisingly enough, this. Oh one... wait, hold on. You know what? We we just talked about Minnesota, and we we actually just got an update that uh, Adam Schefter said that he would be surprised if Dalvin Cook plays again during the regular season. That's uh, so definitely a, an update from what we heard earlier today that Cook is expected to play this week. Um, so this would make uh, Mike Boone a priority waiver wire pickup, which we'll get to in just a second. Uh, so yeah, Cook is uh, assumed to be out right now. So hopefully you're you're making other plans right now. I mean, what? That's two shoulder injuries in three weeks. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean they they would be smart to. Uh, yeah, they want to save him for the playoffs. A, I would mm-hmm. guess. 
Yep. So, so scratch what we just said about Cook uh, in that preview section. Uh, it sounds like he is no longer expected to play on Monday night. Man, I was just getting off to a good rhythm, and then you have to interrupt me. <laughs> Sorry, and ruin just it. you know, want to give people the up to date, uh, the up to date news. All right. Then I guess the first one, as we kick off our running back section, is Derrick Henry with a well, actually, with a, <laughs> with a hamstring. <laughs> Actually, his hamstring just magically healed, and he's definitely playing. <laughs> right. That's not true. Don't don't soundbite that. Uh, Henry seemed to be running fine versus Houston, but the Texans simply focused on stopping him and forced Tennessee to make Ryan Tannehill beat him, beat them, uh, stopping him on two goal line carries. Uh, he remains a must start running back one in Week 16 versus New Orleans defense, missing two of their starting defensive linemen due to injuries. Uh, Damien Williams has a rib injury. He's questionable. Uh, his rib injury will come down to a pain management issue. Uh, even if he plays this week, Kansas City is full. On a, uh, they have a full-on committee with McCoy, Thompson, uh, Spencer Rare, uh, Ware, who uh, was recently signed. Uh, and even if active, Damian Williams is only worth starting if you're desperate in deeper leagues this week. Uh, Jordan Howard uh, has a shoulder stinger. He's also questionable. Uh, he's been out for weeks. Uh, if he's Until he's cleared by the doctors, uh, he will unlikely play. Um, Bo Scarborough, he has a, a rib injury. He's questionable. Kerryon Johnson has a knee injury, uh, surgery and is questionable. Uh, Wes Hill is punched in the goal line, uh, touchdown for Detroit, Detroit when Scarborough was out this past week versus Tampa Bay, but the potential return of both Bo Scarborough and Kerryon Johnson would make this Detroit running back committee incredibly hard to pro- uh, project. It's hard to rely on any Detroit running back, uh, I guess maybe even any Detroit player in that sense, uh, coming out of uh, a week outside. Uh, ah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to rely on any Detroit running back for this fantasy this coming week outside of super deep leagues. Yep, and then uh, moving on to the wide receiver injuries here, we've got Chris Godwin with the hamstring strain. Excuse me, hamstring strain. Oh, that's a, that's a tongue twister there. Uh, he is doubtful. Uh, just really bad luck for Tampa Bay, losing two, uh, three of their top wide receivers now in back-to-back weeks due to hamstring injuries. Uh, there's a slight chance he could play, but Godwin needed to be carted off during the Detroit game. So while he and Evans may not officially be on IR, uh, I would not expect either of these guys to play. And uh, it doesn't sound like Scotty Miller is sounding too optimistic either. Um, again, that's why we talked about Brashad Perriman and Justin Watson, and we will again in just a minute. Juju Smith-Schuster with the MCL sprain, he's questionable as well. Again, he was expected to play and return against Buffalo, but reportedly re-aggravated his injury during practice this past week. Hopefully, fantasy owners in the championship game have better options at wide receiver anyway. And if not, we do have some nice waiver ads that we'll get to in just a minute. DJ Shark with the high ankle sprain, he's doubtful. He suffered it during uh, the Tampa Bay game two weeks ago. Shark is unlikely to be healed in just three weeks. Uh, when even Saquon Barkley needed four weeks to return, he's droppable in most redraft formats, unless you're really desperate and hope he plays this week. Hunter Renfro with the broken rib slash punctured lung. He's questionable, but probably out. Uh, he is he's probably droppable in most redraft formats outside of deep leagues. Uh, you likely have better options at wide receiver uh, if you've made it to the championship game. Taylor Gabriel with the concussion. We just talked about it. This is his second concussion of the year, but it has been four weeks, so it's possible that he'll continue to be held out, or it's possible that he'll return. Uh, every uh, excuse me, every player uh, returns from the concussion protocol at their own rate, so 
even if active, uh, he would be a barely uh, boomer bust wide receiver four for fantasy purposes, though his potential return could impact Anthony Miller and or Tariq Cohen. Auden Tate with the MCL sprain and AJ Green with the ankle, they're both out. Uh, Tate was officially placed on IR last week, and then it was reported earlier today that Green is meeting with Dr. Andrews yet again, so certainly not a good sign for him. He's probably done for the season, and he's been out all year. So even if Green were to miraculously be active this week, uh, it would be very tough to rely on him in fantasy. And finally, we discussed this as well, not injury-related, but Josh Gordon with the indefinite suspension. Uh, He is droppable in all redraft formats. I feel like we should uh, punch in some taps here, and uh, you know, for Josh Gordon, this is this is it for him. The uh, the final farewell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you, I don't if know you how wanna... to play trumpet, so I can't do it. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to suggest su- ugh, subject our listeners to the whole thing. All right, going on to tight ends. Uh, Greg Olson, uh, concussion. He is likely to play this week. I was reported earlier today that Olson has cleared concussion protocol. Barring a setback, he will be good to go versus Indianapolis this week. Uh, Ryan Griffin, uh, high ankle sprain. He's on IR. He was officially placed on IR last week and is droppable in all redraft formats. Uh, Gerald Everett, knee. He's questionable. With Everett sidelined with a knee injury, Tyler Higbee has been huge. There hasn't been any details on Everett, but it sounds like this could keep him out again another week. Uh, Higby could be in for another uh, week of tight end one production if Everett remains out. Uh, Evan Engram, um, foot sprain, questionable. Uh, Engram has been, uh, supposedly been, quote, trending up for weeks, but he has yet to take the field. Hopefully most fantasy owners in the championship have better options at tight end by now, but monitor his practice status if you need help at the position. And if you need help at the quarterback position, we've got some waiver wire ads uh, there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 63% owned in ESPN, 68% in Yahoo. Uh, There's really not a whole lot left to say about Tannehill. He's been a top three fantasy quarterback since taking over in Tennessee. And he scored 18 or more fantasy points in seven of his eight starts. Tannehill is a mid-range QB1 against the beatable Saints defense, especially at home in Nashville. And while he is owned in more than 50% of leagues, he's still out there in quite a few. Phillip Rivers, uh, 43% owned in ESPN, 59% owned in Yahoo. It would scare me to trust Rivers in the fantasy championship game, but he does get an Oakland defense that's allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Rivers could have a big bounce back game in a crucial week 16 matchup, despite the awful performance against Minnesota. He's a risk reward low on QB1. Andy Dalton, 5% owned in ESPN, 8% in Yahoo. Despite a four-interception day against an elite New England defense, Dalton and the Cincinnati offense as a whole looked pretty competent in the first half before letting things get away from them in the second. Dalton gets a great bounce-back opportunity this week against Miami, who is giving up the fourth-most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. He's barely behind Rivers in that high-end QB2 range. Okay, um, starting our running backs, uh, we have Mike Boone, and since Cook is most likely not playing, uh, I would say he is your number one top priority ad. Use all of your remaining FAAB money on this. Uh, yeah, he's, he's number one. Try and get him, because he, this could be a league winner right here. Um, 
I'm not going to say anything else about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, at the time we didn't know if uh, Cook would be playing, but uh, certainly not doubting Adam Schefter. So uh, spend it all. Uh, what do you wait? What are you saving it for? Right. Yeah, as well, the, the, the post championship game, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the fantasy, um, basically the fantasy all-star game the yeah. pro bowl Un- yeah know? unless unless you're in one of those <laughs> interesting leagues where you have to bid like real money then you know maybe all right uh, next one uh raheem mostert uh 61 owned in espn 82 percent owned in yahoo though he had a very uh fairly quiet day versus atlanta uh mostert remained the number one back in the san francisco committee uh with matt burita fumbling twice and likely in chanahan's doghouse I would, likely, I think he's definitely in Shanahan's doghouse at this point. Yeah. Uh, Coleman likely uh, retains this role as the number two behind Mostert, but Mostert uh, remains the best play at a low end RB two this week versus a Rams defense that got gutted by Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott to the tune of 117 yards and two rushing touchdowns. It's slim pickings on the waiver wire at running back. Uh, Mostert is mostly owned, but he's out there uh, in in a few leagues here, so pick him up. Uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, 71% owned in ESPN, 63% owned in Yahoo. Co- uh, Cohen continues to be Chicago's primary pass catching back. We mentioned that Cohen is a decent PPR uh, floor la- in last week's show, especially if Chicago trailed versus Green Bay, which happened. Uh, assuming Chicago will again be playing from behind, which will likely happen uh, in the second half versus Kansas City, Cohen can see, see another double-digit target day as a receiver, keeping him in play as an RB3 or flex option. Like Mostert, Cohen is owned in over 50% of the leagues, but re- remains available in quite a few. Uh, Patrick Laird, uh, 39% owned in ESPN, 45% owned in Yahoo. Laird is the primary running back for Miami with uh, Kalen Balaj done for the year. Uh, there's not a ton of upside, but Laird is an okay flex play for a team desperate at running back given his workload, especially this week versus a struggling Cincinnati defense. Uh, Boston Scott, 8% owned in both ESPN and Yahoo. If Jordan Howard is out again, Scott will remain the 1B to Miles Sanders, 1A in the Philadelphia backfield. Uh, With Philadelphia hurting at the receiver position, Scott has been heavily involved as a receiver, keeping him in the flex conversation this week, uh, although he's far from a safe start. Indeed. And kicking off the wide receivers, we've got A.J. Brown, 72% owned in ESPN, 70% owned in Yahoo. Brown is owned in most leagues, but he's a must-add if only to block an opponent from starting him. He's been on a huge hot streak and remains a high upside wide receiver to play this week against the Saints. Brashad Perriman, 9% owned in ESPN, 11% in Yahoo. And Justin Watson, just 1% owned in ESPN, 6% in Yahoo. Desperate times call for desperate measures. There aren't many great wide receiver options on the waiver wire at this point. And with Tampa Bay likely missing their three top wide receivers in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Scotty Miller this week, all due to hamstring injuries, there could be an enormous amount of targets for Perriman and Watson. Perriman is a high upside wide receiver three, and Watson is a boomer bust wide receiver four, but both have high upside against a Houston secondary that has allowed a lot of big plays to opposing wide receivers. T.Y. Hilton, 90% owned in ESPN, 89% owned in Yahoo, and Zach Pascal, 40% owned in ESPN, 49% owned in Yahoo. Carolina gives up the 7th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers and is a great matchup. If Hilton is fully healthy, uh, we'll see. Uh, He hasn't looked too great against New Orleans tonight, 
But if he doesn't suffer any setbacks, he's a boomer bust wide receiver three with a lot of upside in this matchup. Pascal is a viable wide receiver three or flex play as well against this poor Carolina secondary. And then if Hilton does get to 100% health, he would be an add uh, just to prevent an opponent from starting him against you. Will Fuller, 74% owned in ESPN, 72% owned in Yahoo. And Kenny Stills, just 23% owned in ESPN and 16% owned in Yahoo. Fuller is a boomer bust flex play and Stills a boomer bust wide receiver four. But both have immense upside facing Tampa Bay this week, whose defense allows the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. This game could turn into a shootout with Jameis Winston coming in hot and Houston's own defense struggling as well. Anthony Miller, 25% owned in ESPN, 36% owned in Yahoo. Miller's a viable wide receiver three with Chicago's offense improving over the last few weeks, as long as Taylor Gabriel remains out. Miller has been a target magnet over the last five weeks as Trubisky is honing in on him, Allen Robinson, and Tyreek Cohen in the passing game. Russell Gage, 7% owned in ESPN, 10% in Yahoo. Jacksonville's once-vaunted defense has crumbled in the second half of the season, with a lot of coverage likely to focus on stopping Julio Jones after his 134-yard day against San Francisco. Gage could see a lot of targets coming his way in this one and is a viable wide receiver four in fantasy. And finally, Danny Amendola, 17% owned in ESPN, 25% owned in Yahoo. Amendola blew up against an awful Buccaneers secondary with Detroit's trailing in the second half. Denver has a much stronger secondary, but there's still a lot of garbage time opportunity if Detroit is down multiple scores again in the second half of this game. With Hawkinson and Jones out, Amendola could see a lot of those underneath and intermediate targets that went to Travis Kelsey this past week. Uh, Moving on to tight ends. Uh, First up, we have Tyler Higby, uh, 39% owned in ESPN, 67% owned in Yahoo!, Higby is the number one tight end in fantasy since week 13 with Gerald Everett out with a knee injury, outscoring Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle. Though San Francisco is a tough matchup this week, Austin Hooper had a touchdown barely called back as incomplete after review versus the 49ers. Higby remains a high-end tight end too with a fairly safe PPR floor. Uh, Jacob Hollister, 45% owned in ESPN, 61% owned at Yahoo. Hollister plays versus an Arizona defense giving up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. The only danger here is if Seattle gets up a big lead early. Uh, but when that happened in these two, uh, two teams' first matchup in Week 4, Will Disley managed seven catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. Hollister is a high upside tight end, too. Uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, 43% owned in ESPN, 61% owned in Yahoo. Uh, Goddard has been seeing consistent target volume with Philadelphia's wild, uh, wide receivers all hurt leaving Zach Ertz, Greg Ward, and himself as Wentz's top receivers. This week, he faces Dallas defense that's been allowing the 10th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Goddard is a back-end tight end one with a high floor and ceiling. O.J. Howard, uh, 62, or 52% owned in ESPN, 41% owned in Yahoo. If you're desperate, Howard saw a season-high eight targets versus Detroit with Tampa Bay's top three wide receivers in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Scotty Miller are potentially out with hamstring injuries this week. Howard can see double-digit targets for the first time this season. He's a risk-reward high-end tight end, too, that has enormous upside of finishing as a tight, tight, ah, the top tight end in fantasy this week if this game in Houston turns out into a shootout. Uh, Noah Font, uh, 34% owned in ESPN, 31% owned in Yahoo. 
Uh, Font has been a boomer bust on low target volume and playing through multiple injuries, but he remains the best playmaker behind Cortland Sutton on the Denver offense. Drew Locke should have more success versus Detroit's awful secondary than he did in the snow game versus a strong Kansas City defense. He's a decent risk-reward tight end two option this week. And at defense, we've got Atlanta, uh, 6% owned in ESPN, 7% in Yahoo. Uh, The Falcons' defense have been much improved since their Week 9 bye and have allowed uh, them to upset New Orleans and now San Francisco, two top seeds in the NFC. Atlanta has high potential to get after the rookie Gardner Minshew in this one, uh, who is leading a struggling Jacksonville team. Denver defense, 19% owned in ESPN, 23% in Yahoo. Denver has been hot and cold, upsetting Houston just a week after their win against New England, but then getting dominated by their divisional rival Kansas City this past week. The Broncos have a great home matchup against the third-string quarterback David Blau this week, uh, and they he has struggled to get this Detroit offense moving at all. Kansas City, 34% owned in ESPN, 63% owned in Yahoo. Chiefs pass rush is coming on even with the loss of Okafor, and their run defense has improved a lot as well over the last few weeks. They've limited opponents to just 28 points combined over the last three weeks since their bye, and the Chiefs will face an inconsistent Chicago team led by Mitch Trubisky this week. And lastly, we have kickers. Uh, Robbie Gold, 71% owned in ESPN, 59% owned in Yahoo. Uh, We discussed Gold as a pickup last week, uh, but now that he's... Back healthy from his quad injury, he's tied with uh, the great San Francisco offense that will allow him plenty of opportunities to kick what he kicks best, field goals. Uh, he was great versus Atlanta outside that, of that missed extra point and should have another nice game versus the Rams. Uh, Youngway Koo, a 46% owned in ESPN, 42% owned in Yahoo. Koo is off our list for the first time in weeks uh, during last week's show due to a predictably tough matchup versus San Francisco. However, Atlanta... Should have plenty of scoring opportunity this week at uh, versus a Jackson defense that is on the verge of collapse. Matt Gay, 82% owned ESPN, 50% owned Yahoo. Tampa Bay has been a juggernaut on offense since their bye, winning and losing in close games and high-scoring shootouts. Gay should continue getting plenty of field goal opportunities this week as Winston's, uh, as Winston will face a poor Houston secondary uh, without his two uh, top wide receivers. Yep, and uh, really the priorities this week are going to be Mike Boone and uh, Brashad Perriman, uh, two names that we probably did not expect at the beginning of the season to play much of an impact in Week 16, but here we are. Uh, a lot of uh, risk-reward starts here, a lot of uh, poor bad beats, and uh, man, it's... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. It all comes down to this, and as always, if you have more uh, specific fantasy questions, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G, and you can find at FFA underscore Los L O S. I guess I guess I'll do myself. Los did me last time. Yeah. Uh, you can you can find me at at FFA underscore Dan D A N the common spelling. Um, I don't know what Los says here. 
What does he say? Oh, you can just, find us uh, on all the places. Yeah, yeah. SoundCloud, uh, App, Apple, uh, iTunes, podcasts. I don't even know what he says. Anyway, I, I, I kind of no, tune out uh, when he yeah, starts it's, talking. It's Stitcher, SoundCloud, oh, yeah. uh, iTunes, Apple. Google Play. That's yeah, Google right. Play. Um, whether Probably you're Google Podcast too. I whether think you're listening to us on your computer, your your phone, your tablet, your mobile device, whatever it is, um, hit your, that subscribe button. Gramophone. Um, we are we are not on YouTube, so you don't player. have to subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And you know what? I just want to say, Mung, that we have a golden opportunity here to throw shade at Los because it's going to be at least a few weeks until he's able to defend himself. I just, <laughs> I, I got nothing to say, man. I, I'm, I, I'm defeated from this loss to him. I thought you would take this opportunity. No, it's, oh, man. It's, it's just a bad beat. I got nobody to blame, right? That's just, that's just fantasy. That's oh, how it goes. You gotta blame yourself, clearly. You're yeah. the one who set that lineup. Yeah, well, I mean, it all made sense, right? <laughs> Until it doesn't. To be fair, you're the one who traded Los Julio Jones. Well, that was that was two years ago, <laughs> and he traded me Christian McCaffrey. So know, I'll, I'll I'm no, a, pretty okay with that. That's fine. I'm just I, I don't know. I guess um, I'm just trying to really. I'm I should have traded for the pot here Drew a Brees, three hundred yards, four touchdowns. That would have that would have been nice. It's a, it's a big storyline night for him. Yeah. It, All right. Yeah, let's end this. Let's end this. All right. Uh, yeah. Like we said at the beginning of the show, if you do win those fantasy championships this week, consider donating to those charities. Uh, certainly a nice gesture and probably good fantasy karma for you for the following year. But uh, as, as always, uh, we will wish all of our listeners the best of luck in their matchups this week. Hopefully you're still in it. Uh, hopefully you're playing in those championship games. But even if you're in the toilet bowl, uh, you know, try your hardest. Uh, don't don't get last place. Nobody ever wants that. And, uh, yeah, happy holidays. Uh, enjoy your time with friends, family, loved ones, uh, dogs, cats, any pets, fish, whatever. Uh, enjoy the holidays. Fish uh, is the first pet you thought of when you want to spend time with. Pets. No, I said dogs, cats, okay. fish. You know, whatever. I don't know. Turtles. Who geckos? spends time with a fish? Uh, Probably Los. That, yeah. That's what I'll give him. Yeah, he's in Disney World. They're fishing yeah, for right. it. <laughs> but um, yeah, we wish you a, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate. Uh, Happy New Year too. We probably uh, won't. Won't see you or talk to you until after we have reached 2020. I think that's definitely not probably. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll just end it here. Uh, Don't need Los here. uh, So you you can finish this off. Uh, As always, it is a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 